All right, welcome on in Intern Allen Show. Don't remember what episode this is, 23 or 24 or something like that. Um, a lot to talk about today. Vikings are dead. Um, college football games. The Wolves are struggling just a little bit. And then post-game. Don't really have a lot of time to record this podcast. I have to be somewhere in about an hour and a half, which um, usually I talk for about an hour and a half, and then I have to do the shit on the back end too. So uh, might rush through some things. Apologies for that is what it is also late pod this week was flying in on wednesday and then had to get my life together on thursday so not a lot of time to uh pod back in miami now it's friday january 5th 322 back in my closet in my room um let's get started the vikings are dead they got killed by a packers team that isn't very good i don't even remember the final score that much um 33 to some 30-something to something. Might have been 33. 33 to 10, that's what it was. Um, there was not a moment in this game where we were competitive. There's a, not a moment where this team looked like they could stop the Packers' offense, which is really weird because they're not that good. Um, there wasn't a moment in this game where our offense looked all that competent, um, which starting a rookie quarterback, you know, you don't love and not a first round rookie quarterback i mean you don't love but it's not necessarily all that surprising in his first start or not his first start but his first real action i mean he had a start that he played drive in but it's not that surprising in a rookie's first extended action that he's not very good it just isn't um still not great um in a game that we actually absolutely needed for any kind of playoff chances any kind of packers any kind of like victory of the season over the packers which I've talked about a lot in here. It was just not even close. Um, well, like way short of the mark of where we need to be. Um, and so now the big, the big uh, fear that I talked about, you know, four four weeks ago or so, at the tail end of our winning streak, the big fear was that the Packers, who seemed to like they were completely out of it, were going to come and pass us and make the playoffs, and that seems like it's going to be happening. Um, it's thirty-three to ten. Not a lot of positives. Um, really no positives uh, Jordan Love looked really good they ran the ball on us pretty darn well um, rookie receiver after rookie receiver making plays on us more so than Justin Jefferson did for us but I mean it's a lot on the quarterback play um, I mean in some ways this team is going nowhere and now we get you know, higher draft pick and all this stuff if we miss the playoffs, especially if we lose to the Lions this week. But um Yeah, no, it wasn't it wasn't a fun game to watch at all. Um I think there's a convert well, let's have the conversation. Going into this game we had watched Nick Mullins throw four picks last week or the week before, whatever. Um and we're like, okay, well die like let's see what Jaron Hall is. We don't know what he is, like shiny new thing rookie quarterback whatever um i don't know if i don't think it was the right it's easy to say in the hindsight it's very easy to say in hindsight i get that but i don't think it was the right move while this team still had playoff sort of aspirations to get rid of a quarterback that was moving the ball to get to just put it in the hands of somebody who we don't know what it is and we're gonna use half the playbook and like didn't move the ball at all i'd always rather move the ball and like 
hope to get lucky with turnovers, then put in somebody there that we're not confident can get the offense moving because that's that kills a team more than a turnovers do. Um, in those Nick Mullins games, we were close, you know, um, because he was, you know, hucking the ball down the field all the time and get chunk yards after chunk yards on some of those drives. Um, obviously, the turnovers hurt, but I'd rather take 30 to 24 against the Lions or 27 to 24 against the Bengals over 33 to 10 against the Packers. And so, um, again, easy to say in hindsight, and I probably got swept up in the Jaron Hall stuff too, but it wasn't really a great decision. And I think we realized it wasn't a really great decision when we put Nick Mullins back in and then he scored the only touchdown for us in that game. So, um, is what it is. Um, might've gone differently if we start Nick Mullins from the jump instead of putting him on at half. Um, but it felt like the Packers were playing with their hair on fire a little bit, and we kind of quit a little bit. So, um, a lot of decisions now, and I, we'll talk this a little bit now. Um, we have to decide that quarterback for next year. It's not Jaron Hall, it's not Nick Mullins, it's not Josh Dobbs. We'll, so we'll start there. Um, could bring Kirk Cousins back for big money again, um, or relatively big money. And I think that seems to be the way things are going um oh excuse me it seems to be the way things are pointing um just sort of reading the tea leaves of the media and and um what Kirk clearly still means to this team they used him to blow the horn at the beginning of the game um I'm trying to look up the draft projections right now to see what spot we'd have and see what's up with that Currently, we're coming in at the 12 spot, um, which, you know, we lose another game, we can sneak it down into the 9 spot, something like that. That's, that's probably in the range to pick um, the 3rd best quarterback, 4th best quarterback potentially, I guess probably 4th best quarterback. This specific, I'm on the CBS website right now, this specific mock draft has Caleb Williams 1, Drake May 2, Jaden Daniels at 5 to the Giants, and then Michael Penis at 11 to the to the um, the Raiders. If we can sneak into that Michael Penis range, um, I personally would be very on board with that. Um, I think that's the type of thing where like a lot can be in play on draft night depending on who goes where and we're either bringing Kirk Cousins back or trading Kirk Cousins on draft night and picking Michael Penis, something like that. I personally as a fan would like, would want to see that type of thing be at least an option that we're exploring instead of, um, you know, we're going to find somebody or we're going to extend or tack on to this Kirk Cousins deal. I love Kirk Cousins. I like him a lot. Like I really do. I don't think that Hmm, I don't know. I, I think that there's holes in the roster, specifically on the defensive side and the secondary, that it'd be good to spend some money. And I think that spending more money on a quarterback that we know is good but isn't put you over the top good might not be exactly where I want that to happen. Um, 
because he's played well. And the, the thing about playing him playing well, even though he's a little bit older, is that you got to pay him for how well he's played. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of really really good or there's a lot of teams out there who would pay really good money to have Kirk Cousins production this year. Um, and maybe you run it back, spend those early picks on defense, hope people stay healthy, another year in the scheme, et cetera. And you can explain all that stuff away, and it goes better this time. But um, I don't know. I think there's 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 a segment of Vikings fandom out there that are saying, oh, this team is a Super Bowl team with Kirk Cousins. I don't think that's true. And you can you can point to the early season when we started 0-4, with Kirk Cousins, or you can point to sort of the obvious holes that happened um, both on the offensive line at times and um, on defense at times when we couldn't really get a stop when we needed a stop. Um, that sort of speak to that maybe not being the case. Um, we certainly would be good, but I think Super Bowl contender is a little bit crazy. Um, and how long do we do the Kirk Cousins thing before we realize that maybe like we were a year too late on letting him go. Um, again, I'm torn. I'm not sure. Like that's me walking down that specific sort of timeline. Um, I'm not convinced that he's not the best option either. So I think that's definitely possible. And if he comes back, I, you know, I think we'll be a, bit, a much better team than we were for the majority of this year. So I think I can see either way. Um, and it does seem like he maybe will come back. But, again, I, I really like Michael Penis. Um, we'll talk about it when we get to the college football stuff. But he was very impressive, obviously, in that Washington game. Um, we do have a chance to make the playoffs. There's a small chance. Um, or a lot of things need to go right. It's probably like 1% chance type of thing. Um, win at Lions, we're already not favored, I'm pretty sure. Um Green Bay lost to Chicago needs to happen. Seattle lost at Arizona needs to happen. And then a loss from either Tampa Bay or New Orleans. I don't know who they're playing. I'm just looking at a graphic right now. But um, if all those things happen, we're, we're going to get pumped in the playoffs instead of um, watching the playoffs, which, you know, I guess is better. Um, we'd walk into the uh, seventh spot at that point, I guess. Um I get killed by whoever the two seed is in the NFC right now. Um, Dallas, I guess, probably. Um, yeah, so I, you know, I'll go through some notes in the game. We're not making the playoffs. I kind of hope we lose this next week, just because it really puts us in play. Top ten picks start to get really interesting, um, where you can get kind of a difference maker right away, type of thing. Um, although we'll probably trade down because that's what we do. Anyway. Um, I'll go through some notes from the game. First note is Johnny Montez crazy eyes. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with what Johnny Mont looks like, but it's not comfort. It's not pleasant. He's got the weirdest looking eyes of all time. Um, he got the start this past week as a hawk injury, um, which means he got the NBC player intro, and so he's like Johnny Mont wherever he's from, and his eyes were like fucking massive, weirdo. Um, anyway, um. Yeah, I said we bet a lot on Jaron Hall. Had 67 yards and a half. That's pretty horrible. Um, I wrote here that we bet a lot on one good drive. Yeah, we bet the entire 
playoff chances on that one good drive before he got hurt. I'm hoping that we'd get something like that again. Didn't happen. Um, Jordan Love is so good. This team is so dead. Okay, I talked about all that stuff. Michael Penis season, or do we keep Kirk? I think we covered it. Um, Vikings really um, going out of the season with a tail between their legs. You hate to see it. Um, let's go through the NFL stuff real quickly. Um, I'll quickly offer some insight on each game, uh, the ones that are interesting. I'm not going to spend all, all time, uh, the time I usually do on it. Um, over a week ago now, in December, literally last year. Um, I guess all these games were literally last year. Um, <laughs> the Browns beat the Jets 37-20. Um, this is Joe, a Joe Flacco appreciation moment. Um, what he's done this year is pretty incredible after looking completely cooked for the Jets and for the Broncos. He's been, um, like, really good out of nowhere. Um, Amari Cooper for 250 yards one week. He then, Amari Cooper's out. I'll just throw, you know, David and Joku to tune of over 100 yards and a couple tuds. I don't remember what the numbers were, but, um, well, he didn't have a tud. Two tuds to Jerome Ford, that's what it was. Um, but 134 yards to David and Joku. Who cares? Doesn't matter. Um, no Amari Cooper. Doesn't, no problem. David and Joku. Um, Cowboys Lions. Um, so the Lions got screwed. I think everybody's seen it by now. Um, good game. Would have been a great game if the refs didn't get in the way of this. I was watching this uh, downtown Fargo on various TVs and various bars um, for Loon Beast's birthday party. Um, so that was cool. Uh, but they got absolutely hosed. Um, Taylor Decker reported it as eligible. Other linemen walked around the referee, which, you know, you could say what you need to say about how you try to deceive the other team, you end up deceiving the referees, you know, maybe part of that is on you. But um, the Lions deserve that game, um, and they deserve to win on that play. That being said, then kicking or then not kicking when it's, you know, um, two-point conversion from the seven, it's it's... I get I get the Dan Campbell thing. I get him saying like, told my team if we have a two point conversion opportunity, we're going to go for it. We're going to win. That makes complete sense. You always do that from the two. That if that's your plan going in from the two, you're always going to do that two and a half, whatever it is. The entire like the entire probabilities completely shift like in a massive way when you add five yards from the seven and from the two are just a completely different ball game. You're running completely different plays. You're no longer really in the goal line package. Um, it's completely different. I like part of his all. Darren Campbell sticking by his men, sticking by his word, going for it again. It doesn't fucking matter. It's stupid. It was dumb. And if he's okay, like taking that loss and being like, all right, I go into the playoffs st- having stuck with my guys against the bullshit refs, blah, blah, blah. If that if that if he's okay with that outcome, that's the outcome that happened, and that's fine. But if in a playoff game that happens when you absolutely need the game, there's like it's completely indefensible because probabilistically it's not even close to the right decision. And so that's what I'm saying. Like you blame the refs, and it is the refs' fault they lost because that play happened and that play should have stood and that play would have won the game. But after the, after the refs have screwed you, you can't then choose to screw yourself just because it, like you're angry. Um, 
or because you're sticking by your guys or whatever bullshit. Like it's it's I get that that kind of stuff is real, but if this was a game that they needed to win, I don't think it goes that way. Um, and I think if it does go that way, then we're looking at that decision. Of, well, like if the, if the Lions got eliminated from the playoffs by a decision like that, we're looking, you know, next day first take. We're talking about the decision for 20 minutes, and we're there's going to be some heavy criticism because you can't lose a game that you need like that. Um, they didn't really need this game, and that's why you know maybe it's okay. But in the realm of that game, it's just completely the wrong decision. Um, the Ravens beat the Dolphins badly. The Ravens are scary. Lamar Jackson is the MVP. I'm glad we got over the little Brock Purdy, you know, giving a game manager the MVP thing. Um, I'm glad we got over that. Lamar Jackson deserves it. I wasn't so sure before this week, but his stat line this week was incredible. The Dolphins are going to lose in the playoffs. They're a really fun team. They're probably going to have a playoff win, but they're not physically at the level of some of these dominant teams. Um, We'll see Bills this week for the division, what kind of effort they put out what kind of effort the bills put out too that'll be interesting um bears beat the falcons by 20 um the bears have been looking decent for the second half of the year huge decision obviously for justin fields um or caleb williams i think you choose caleb williams as much as emotionally you might want to choose justin fields i think caleb williams is the answer um colts beat the raiders i think that more or less let me look solidifies them in a really good spot for the playoffs what am I even looking at here? Um, Colts at nine and seven. Yeah, I guess it's <laughs> this. All NFC South teams, all AFC South teams, sorry, are at nine and seven with various tiebreak head-to-heads, and I believe the Colts play the Texans this week. Yes, um, Saturday night, prime time. So that's game probably to get into the playoffs. The Jaguars might also lose. And let somebody else in. That'd be a they played the Titans, which would be a classic Titans sort of Mike Vrabel spoiler game. Um, so look out for that. But I guess the Colts aren't haven't clinched. But a huge win for them. They needed it. Huge win for the Texans this week as well. They needed it. And now they play each other to go to eat to get to ten wins. One of those teams get to ten wins and and, and get the playoff spot. Um, so that should be fun. Panthers. Um, Jaguars just mentioned them. Jaguars needed a win, got a win against the worst team in the league. Um, 26 to rip. David Tepper, who was the owner of the Panthers, threw drinks at a fan. All-time scumbag loser idiot move. But, yeah. Um, just mentioned this Titans. Texans. Texans won 26-3. Titans did not play spoiler this week, so maybe they maybe they won't against the, against the Jaguars. But um, CJ Stroud was back. They needed him back. He played really well. Um... Right, he didn't play really well, but he played efficiently, got the job done. Devin Singletary has been great all year for them, and he was good again. So, um, But a pretty pretty easy win there. Um, Rams-Giants. This is a close game that should, probably shouldn't have been close if we're, if we're believing in the sort of new Rams. Stafford. St- Stafford. Stafford. Stafford was good again. Um, he's been good all year. Uh, Kyron Williams with three tuds. Somewhere somebody um, won a fantasy league off of that. Um, just 87 yards and three touchdowns on the ground is is in your fantasy championship week. That's that's pretty uh pretty nice seeing that in the stat line. Um, the Giants are a little frisky, and I, and I um the Tommy DeVito thing is was fun, and the Tyrod Taylor thing he played really well this week. Um, 
and then they have to go back to Daniel Jones, so because uh, they're paying a bunch of money. So we'll see. Uh, I don't think Tyrod Taylor or, or uh, Daniel Jones or Tommy DeVito really are the secret uh, or the answer at quarterback for them. But um, for having sort of a terrible start and bad quarterback play kind of all year, um, the team looks like competent in some ways, in a way that they didn't certainly at the beginning of the year. Um, the Rams are going to be fun to watch the playoffs. That offense can beat anybody and that defense can lose to anybody seemingly. So um, we'll see. Cardinals Eagles 35 to 31 the Cardinals won the Cardinals have now beat the Cowboys and the Eagles which is crazy um and the Niners did I make that up did I make that up did they get oh they, they lost to the Niners they got killed um twice so I did make that up uh <laughs> they're four wins all year against the Eagles Cowboys Falcons and Steelers, three of those being playoff teams, probably, which is interesting. Um, sometimes in sports, a team gets old, and a team gets injured, and a team that was really, really good becomes really, really bad. Usually, that type of thing happens over like an entire season, where you're just like, oh, it's not quite as like what it used to be, and then it's either retool or blow it up. Um, for the Eagles, it happened in the matter of, like, two weeks. All of a sudden, they're just not good. And it's like, oh, there's a little bit concerned about the defense, but they're still winning games. They're still really good. They're still maybe the one seed. And then it's just lose three straight to the get pumped by the Cowboys, lose to lose to a average Seahawks teams, beat the Giants, I guess, but not convincingly. And they got come back upon that pause. Giants came back against them a little bit. Um in that game and then get you know lose to a really really bad Cardinals team um and before that they had lost to the Niners um by a lot so um all of a sudden it was just like the Eagles aren't good anymore and it was like oh their defense is suspect the secondary is not great but they beat the Dolphins by a bunch by 14 you know they beat the Cowboys they beat the Chiefs and then they beat the the Bills, so I guess they're pretty good. And then, bam, get exposed against the Niners, get exposed against the Cowboys, lose to the Seahawks, beat the Giants by eight points or so, and then lose to one of the worst teams in football. Um, they're going to get a playoff game. They're going to go on the road and face somebody. Um, right now it looks like they're... If, if things stay the same right now, it looks like they're going to play Tampa in Tampa. That's a game certainly winnable, but I, I don't know if you can trust the Eagles really at all right now. Um, they haven't shown anything um, of the sort, so we'll see. Um, Cardinals might stick with Kyler Murray, which I don't know how that's going to go. I, I would not want to be a Cardinals fan right now. It feels like they're kind of stuck. Um Niners beat the Commanders. There's nothing surprising here. Niners are the best team potentially in football. The Ravens are close, but um, nothing surprising there. Steelers beat the Seahawks by seven. George Pickens and uh, Mason Rudolph are like a thing. It's a thing. Um, George is like around 150 yards pretty much every game now, it seems, or at least the last couple with Mason Rudolph. Um, and... The offense is looking competent in a way that it hasn't all year. Um, let's check the standings um, 
remind us where the playoff or where the Steelers are sitting in the AFC. Right now, they are out of the playoff picture, but there's three teams at nine and seven, um, all with a chance to sort of sneak in. Um, right now, the AFC reads Baltimore at thirteen and three in the first spot. Miami clinch the second spot. Nope, they don't. At eleven and five, they do not. They play Buffalo for that second spot and for that division title this week. Um, KC at ten and six has clinched a spot, probably clinched the division as well. Um, Jacksonville at nine and seven, currently leading the division, but haven't clinched anything. Cleveland's clinched the divining, the divining, the division at um, or they've clinched at least a playoff spot at eleven and five. Um, Buffalo's ten and six could either win the division. Could also be out of the playoffs. Could go either way, um, and they can get. There's some possibilities in between those two outcomes as well. India at nine and seven, currently in the seventh seed. Houston playing for that seventh seed this week, also at nine and seven. Pittsburgh at nine and seven. Who do they play this week? And those are the only teams with an option or with a chance. Pittsburgh plays. Ooh, they play the Ravens. That's one of the marquee games. Should have known that. Um, that's also Saturday afternoon. Um, Pittsburgh is favored against a resting Ravens team on the road by three points, which seems like a lot. Um, but also everything to play for for Pittsburgh and nothing to play for for the Ravens, even though it is a huge rivalry. Um, if they win that game, they go to ten and seven, and that one. I don't really know what they need. I don't really know the scenario for them right now, but um, they're right up in there, and I don't want to look it up. So. Um, we'll see. Uh, let me find the games. Um, Chiefs Bengals, 25 to 17. Um, the Chiefs aren't who we thought, they aren't who they have been. Um, and neither are the Bengals. Uh, still a good game and still good for the Chiefs to have won. But, um, there's something, they don't feel dangerous in the playoffs, I'll tell you that right now. Um, Broncos Chargers. Um, Chargers are sad and pathetic to lose to the Broncos, who I believe started Jared Stidham. It seems like Russell Wilson has been screwed over. Where they um, they're like, we're gonna bench you if you don't waive guaranteed money, which is insane. Why would he ever do that? Um, Easton Stick competent though, NDSU representing. Um, but yeah, Jared Stidham. I guess maybe you bench him play worse get a better draft pick i don't know but they're not really in anything any meaningful action so this game didn't really matter um i wrote down a couple notes about the nfl before we get to college um is one of the games we we're watching uh the announcer said like something like this team is like defensively really focused on like defeating the offense's 15 prescripted plays because like if we feel like we can get through those prescripted plays then we can handle their offense but if we, until we can do that um like we gotta make sure we do that whatever and i was like why if that's the case if and i've heard this before watching the vikings um i had one friend in college when we were watching the vikings he was a vikings fan he would always be like if we got just like destroyed on the first drive he'd be like well that was their scripted plays like that is like it's okay that we allowed a touchdown that was their scripted plays the rest of the game we got them if there's like a such a huge advantage to scripting your plays 
like ahead of time why doesn't every team do it for like the entire game like i've never played football in any meaningful way um i've never been on a football team so i don't like know what happens or like entirely the mechanics of how this works but like if scripting plays is like so fucking good why don't you do it for every single game or like for the entire game every single game um also like how does that work if you're like oh i'm gonna run dive left on first down then like we're gonna run we're gonna run like levels on second down and eight or whatever and then we're gonna get a first down and then we're gonna run an end around like how do you know like those plays are going to be successful the way you expect them to build? Like, how does that even work? Like, what part are we scripting? If you end up like fumbling the snap and it's third and seventeen after you fell on it, you're not like continuing with the script. If because <laughs> the script surely doesn't call for a play that would work for third and seventeen. So I don't know how the scripting thing works. Um, somebody who actually does know football, let me know. Um, I also feel like it's just something that like announcers talk about all the time that we like like what does that even mean um then watching the playoff game and this is gonna be transition into the playoff game i guess they're like steve sarkeesian because i had to ask this question like earlier in the week right in my mind and in this notes um that i take the podcast from steve sarkeesian then a couple days later they're like he scripts 40 plays of his team's offensive plays of the of the Longhorns offensive plays. I was like, whoa, okay, so somebody actually does try to, like, script as much of the game as possible. So, like, my question was right. Like, people do that. But, like, what does that even mean? Like, the Texas offense was not, like, going well. So are we sticking to the script for, like, this entire thing? Or are we, like, I don't even know how it works. Somebody let me know how it works. Um, let's get into college football. Before um, we get into, like, the important uh, playoff games, uh, Pop-Tart's mascot was crazy um sacrificing himself on live tv that was wild um then in whatever bowl game new year's six bowl game that cheese it sponsored they tried to like steal his whole flow and it was not even close um so credit to pop tarts for that um the people shooting up the crowd celly it's everywhere every single like every single college player does it and nfl player and nba player so like like, I don't want to sound old or like a loser or like an idiot, but like if you're an athlete and you're like, you know, game plan this week, you know, really going to feature me. I really want to get in the end zone, blah, blah, blah. Work really hard, pump weights, watch film, whatever. And then preparation, preparation, preparation all leads up to the end zone. And I get in the end zone. All leads up to the game. Sorry. And then. You know, I get that moment, I get in the end zone, I score a touchdown in the Cheez-It Bowl or whatever. Am I just going to be like, like, are, is seriously every single athlete being like, hey, yo, that shooting up the crowd celly that everybody's doing, I bet if I do it, it'll be sick. Like, every single person's been doing it, why don't I do it too? Like, is that, like, does he think that people in the, in the crowd are going to be like, holy shit, this dude's doing the celly that everybody else has been doing for three weeks? Like, it's so cool. Like, that guy's so cool now. Like, what the fuck? You've been doing it. Like, it's been a thing for, like, three weeks. And, like, this isn't just the shooting up the crowd, Sally. Like, like every single Sally, like, takes on this sort of life. Where, like, the gritty was cool when Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase were doing it. 
And all of a sudden, like, everybody's doing the gritty. It was funny when Mike Kosicki does it because he's, like, so white and can't do it properly. But when, like, Kendrick Bourne is doing the gritty, like, does Kendrick Bourne think that we're like, oh, there's Kendrick Bourne grittying for, like, the one touchdown the New England Patriots scored this week? Like, holy shit, Kendrick Bourne is so sick because he gritty? Like, no, dude. Like, everybody's doing it. Like, it's not cool when everybody does it. Unless you, like, were the one that started it. So when everybody's shooting up the crowd, like, is that, like, sick? Because I've seen it so a thousand times now. Anyway, um, could have made that a post-game rant over. Um, <laughs> Michigan, Alabama. It's a reminder of this, this note I wrote. A reminder that special teams is one-third of the game, which is a corny phrase, probably not real, because obviously offense and defense are more important. But Alabama's special teams was far and away better than um, Michigan's. Banged a couple long field goals. Michigan fumbled a snap on an extra point. Um, muffed a punt. Muffed another punt that was nearly disastrous and cost them the game. Um, there was one other thing that I'm forgetting right now, but it was it was the reason they almost lost that game. Because Michigan was a better team. Seemed pretty clear. Um, but the special teams was bad. And also, Mich- like... Coming away from those two games, I, I like Washington in the final, like, a lot. Because Michigan looked, eh, against Alabama. We're a better team, but they did not really live up to how good they can be, maybe. Um, and there's just a lot of mistakes all over the board. Um, Alabama looked fine, but clearly, like, sort of the not-as-talented, but really well-coached Alabama that we kind of thought they were. Um, wrote Michigan uh, played a C-plus game in one thought that's pretty accurate um it's kind of all they needed all those mistakes were significant but they overcame anyway um i said well what's up with play call i think that was about like the random Jaden milro likes like just like flat route like with 30 seconds left in the game trying to drive and score or just like randomly throw it like immediately to the flat to the running back for like no gain and like using up time like for nothing like i don't know what was up with that um kind of like in madden when you like press a a bunch of times or press x a bunch of times to like snap the ball and then you press it too many times and you throw it to the a receiver or the x receiver like right away that's what i feel like happened um but yeah also Loon, Loon, my dad, is, like, big in on the... I explained to them, <laughs> Loon, my parents, the uh, science ceiling scandal. Um, when Michigan got, like, four sacks in the first quarter, he was like, no, they know the plays. They know the plays, dude. They know the plays. I was like, Bama can't block, but yeah. He's like, no, they know the plays. <laughs> I was like, I just told you about that. He's like, oh, they know the plays. I was like, that guy got fired. No, they know the plays. That's crazy. Um, even though he's tuned for Michigan? Weird. Anyway, um... Washington, Texas. This game was more interesting to me. Um, it was a better football game in general. Um, first note I have is, am I falling in love with penis for the Vikings? And the answer is, I think I am falling in love with penis for the Vikings. Um, last year, before I had a podcast, I watched C.J. Stroud destroy the Georgia defense and I was like, that's the best quarterback in the draft. And they lost that game. They lost that game. Um, but he played Georgia. He and that team, and obviously he had 
Marvin Harrison Jr. and Jackson Smith and Jigba. And, you know, I had he had all those guys in his receiver core. But he diced up Georgia in a way that I had never seen. And I was like, that's that's the team. Or that's the guy. That's the guy in this draft. Don't care about Bryce Young, whatever people are saying. That's the guy. I never said it. So I know I sound like LeBron right now lying about something I thought. But like that, in my mind, I was like, CJ Stroud is the guy I like. Um, and that's why I've had such a Stroud boner all year. I think I'm, I think I'm making that same take. Another CFP semifinal game. I think I'm having that same take this time about Michael Penis. You don't throw the ball as accurately down the field, chunk plays that it like, you don't do that on accident. That is not something that like you see in college that doesn't carry over. He was doing exactly like what NFL plays or NFL teams would want him to do. Throwing out of the pocket, throwing guys open, finding guys that aren't really open, but putting the ball where they absolutely need to have it to make the catch. Um, I've heard a lot of like pro quarterbacks and analysts and all this stuff talk about like college open versus NFL open or NFL open. You're not really open, but you'll have a shoulder or an arm open. If you put the ball there, then they can go get it. Like that's the type of type of stuff he was doing. Um, to the tune of a crazy stat line. I don't have it memorized off my off my dome, but I'll look it up right now. Um, those are the type of throws he was making, and that's very different than the Zach Wilson run around off platform making deep throws to wide open dudes. And so that tells me that what Michael Penis did um, last week is something that he could do sort of at the NFL level. Obviously, there's concerns about him being old or whatever, like 24 years old. Um, and there's concerns about knee problems, I guess I've heard about. Um, but I don't, I don't know the details about that. But um, he's 29 of 38 for 430 yards, two touchdowns they ran into as well. That you know, I'm sure you could have thrown for those as well. But um, but yeah, a really dominant game for Michael Penis. Um, a lot of people saying he should have been the Heisman. I don't know if I agree with that because Jane Daniels was maybe better all year um, on a worse team with worse weapons around him because the Washington receiver room is pretty stacked as well. Um, I don't know. Saw people talking Michael Penis second round to the Vikings. It's not going to be second round. It could be at 12 or 10 or whatever, maybe. But um, I personally would love to see it. Maybe just because I'm bored of Kirk. I don't know. But I like Crook, too. I, I, we talked about this earlier. But, yeah. Planting my flag in penis right now. Um, the end of the game clock stuff was weird. And I'm not exactly sh- even sure what happened. Or what people should have done when. But I do think Washington was a better team in this game. Um, and I think they deserved to win. And Michael Penis was incredible. And that's my main takeaway. Um, I do have to mention. Contractually obligated to mention. Um, the boys had Washington future plus 700 before the playoffs, I believe, and they know ball. So um, Washington is currently a four-and-a-half-point dog to Michigan, which is a little surprising to me. I don't know. Based on the games I watched, I don't know if I see that. But um, they've been dogs, like, all year. You know, they were dogs to Oregon by, a couple, like, a touchdown or more um, to decide who made the playoffs, and they killed them. Um so we'll see but the boys are plus 700 they have it have the ticket 
they know ball. Um, that's Loon Beast specifically and Slim Loon, I believe. Loon Megs might have rode. I think Loon Mush was in there as well. Um, anyway, they know ball. Um, all right, I think I've said that enough. Um, cool, moving right along. It's a college football talk. I like Washington. I like I you know I liked what they I saw them better than I than what I saw in Michigan. Um, Michigan can't play that mistake heavy again, um, and they probably won't. But either way, um, Wolves. Let's see how I'm doing on time. I'm ripping through this. I've never talked so fast in my life. Forty minutes. All right, we can we can uh, fit this next little bit in twenty minutes. Um, Wolves two and two since last pod. We're struggling just a little bit. Um, Heard Anthony Edwards say it the other night, we suck right now. Um, I don't know if they suck right now, but the uh, there's a little bit like we're not quite achieving like what maybe this team could be doing, although we're still winning games. That stuff's not happening anymore. We lost two in a row. Um, we're certainly not bad. We don't suck. And this team is still young, relatively speaking. Well, that's not – I mean, two big guys aren't that young. But um, a lot of the perimeter – Guys are still young. Anthony Edwards, the number one star, is still young. All that stuff. Um, he's sort of like figuring out right now whether how, how much he should be fishing for fouls or not. I think the answer is more on the not side. But um, there's going to be growing pains at times, and I wouldn't even necessarily call it that because it's just two games uh, in the NBA regular season. Um, but one against the Mavs without Luka, so, it, you know, it's a completely different team. And then one against the Lakers with controversy. Obviously, we all saw it. Um, LeBron made sure we all, all saw it, which still my goat, by the way. Um, Toeing the line for a three that would have tied it, but it ends up being a two. They lose by one. Um, as a Wolf fan, we take that. As a LeBron stand, we hate that. But um, by the way, like I was in the I was in the bar. This was uh, Loon Beast's birthday party. I was in the bar with Goose Mope and. Um, Others, but I listened to Goose Mope primarily. He was like, oh, not the go, Jordan better. LeBron sucks. Like, shut up, dude. Like, shut up, dude. Like, shut up, dude. Like, LeBron's still the GOAT. It's year 20. He's 39 years old. It's his birthday on Loon Beast's birthday, too, literally. 39 years old. And, like, half a toenail was the difference between him making a sick fucking shot in the game ending. Like, come on now. Love the Wolves, and they deserve to win that game. But, like, come on. Anyway, um, like, LeBron can lose a game and not suck. Like, what do we even talk? Like, I can't take you in this, like, I've had this, me and me and Loon Megs have fought this battle many times with Goose Mope and others. You can't take somebody seriously in a conversation about who the GOAT is when, like, you tell somebody sucks because he lost one game when he's 39 years old. Like, you know what? Michael Jordan was doing when he was 39 years old, being the worst fucking player on the entire Wizards team. Um, anyway, whatever. I'm, I'm over it. I'm, pa- I'm moving on. <laughs> this is a Wolves segment. Um, after those two wins, losses to the Knicks away and the Pels at home, um, the Knicks had just made a trade, which doesn't really make sense to me. Um, and this isn't really a Wolves thing, I guess, but trading Emmanuel quickly and R.J. Barrett for OG and Anobi, it doesn't really 
like I don't know who the best player in that trade is, and I'm not convinced. Like obviously, the Knicks are convinced it's OG Ananobi because they traded two players for him. But I don't like we've been like. NBA Twitter has been trying to make OG Ananobi happen since he was in college at Indiana. Like, I read a thing about OG Ananobi in college about him being the next Kawhi Leonard. Like, when is it going to happen? Like, that was eight years ago, maybe? Like, I don't, like whatever. He's just not that, like, he's fine. He was a good player on that, on that, uh, a good young player on that um, Toronto championship team, but whatever. Um, either way, they beat us. Um, Julius Randle, good in that game. They lost to the Pelicans at home um, by a significant margin. And this, the second time we lost to the Pelicans, the Pelicans are low-key a very good team. Um, there's a lot of shit about, like, Zion Williamson being fat and liking porn stars too much, which, first time anybody's ever been accused of those two things being all that bad of a thing. But, um, like, he's been really good. And he was really good against the Wolves. Um, they've kind of shown defensively a little bit of uh i mentioned this with the um with the thunder loss last week they've a little bit of like vulnerability to a game-changing big and zion is that and chet is kind of that and then multiple scoring options on the wing that can do a lot of different things and that's cj in the pelicans case that's cj mccollum that's um <coughs> why can't i think of his name the guy who doesn't shave himself. I literally just wrote this down. Stupid. Brandon Ingram. Thank you, Brain, for working again. Um, and then Herb Jones for the Pelicans is a really good defender as well. Um, so like that type of team can can hurt us, and that's the second time we've lost to the Pelicans. Um, we're past the point of, like, all the Wolves are the best team in the NBA. They're not right now. But I, I don't think it's like any reason to freak out. They're still easily a playoff team. Um, and there's some things to figure out or like some just like some tightness and like focus to refine again. Um, it was always going to be hard to like keep up the defensive effort that they started the year with. Um, why did it sound like I was kind of rapping there? Um, it was always going to be hard to keep that up. But we got to find it again. Um and offensively, especially late in games, it needs to click more. Probably needs to run through Ant a little bit more. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And I think that's just a lot of him maturing. And There comes a point where you start taking the big shots because you're supposed to be the guy that takes the big shots. And then there becomes like that then transition to you take the big shots because you are the guy that makes them. And because that happens all the time. I've seen Jason Tatum take that um, sort of leap himself in in front of my eyes at times because I used to watch a lot of Celtics games. And I think that's sort of the part that Anthony Edwards is growing into right now. Um, looking ahead, we have the Rockets tonight. Um, and then, which eh, could be close game Mavericks probably with Luca on Sunday not sure um I think it was a back-to-back thing I am not in depth on his injury history right now um we're the magic on Tuesday as well so Rockets Mavs magic and then back-to-back to to the Celtics which will be a tough game on next Wednesday but you know we'll see um 
still a good team. We're still cooking. It's all right. We suck right now, according to Ant. Um, nothing for the Twins this week, I don't believe. Um, actually, yeah, well, no, we'll throw this in the Twins because I have a separate, um, separate post game. Could have had three post games this week. People love the post game. Could have had three this week. Um, I have a take that's been, like, in my mind that I've never even, like, thought about sharing on the podcast. Um, and this is brought about by, uh, there was a Twins jersey, like, vote thing among, like, my former colleagues at Twins Daily. Um, where this dude, like, made a bunch of Twitter threads, made a bracket of Twins jerseys, whatever. Um, and by the way, the cream, the new cream ones that say Twin Cities on them, they won. Which, like, is fine. I'm cool with that. Um, I was afraid for a long time that the baby blues were going to win. Because my take is baby blue jerseys are kind of shit. They're kind of sucky. Um... In my mind, the baby blue jersey is the jersey that, like, the guy who has no sty, like, goes for because he thinks that, like, because it's different and because it's blue and jerseys aren't usually blue, that that means it's sty. But then it can't be sty if that is the only guy that ever wears it. And so, like, I don't need to, like, name people on the podcast, but, like, Goose David Young's, like, is a, ba- is a baby blue jersey guy. And I apologize for uh, for attacking Goose David Youngs, but like that is the type of guy who's like, yeah, fuck yeah, blue jersey. Like, like no offense to Loon Mope, who I believe also has a blue jersey, but like the, they don't, they're not that sick. They're just not that sick. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like I believe my my dude Loon Megs has like the cream jersey. Like those are cool, and like. There comes a point where it's like, oh, the blue jersey is so fucking sick. No, it's not. At that point, too, too many people say that, that like the other jerseys are cooler now. Um, I know all the all the loon beasts of the world and the loon schmitz of the world be like, oh, Internellon doesn't know anything about style. Like, why is he sharing his opinions? Blah. But like, that's my opinion, whatever. It's the Internellon show. It's not the anybody else show. Um, all right. Finally, to the post game. Got requested. Last week we put in the X, uh, the X, X, the X on X, um, for the, for the, for the episode that, um, I was sharing my New Year's resolutions. That didn't happen. So now I have to do it. I've been informed by my bosses that I have to do it on this episode. Um, so I've written some down. New Year's resolutions, I have six of them. Um, I'll read them off in order. Six of them. So we got one stack bread, two loon to the moon, three get to more live sports, four golf more, five hoop more, six hard body. Um, so I'll explain each of these. Um, number one is stack bread. Um, pretty self-explanatory. I'm trying to stack bread. I'm trying to make some money. Talked about quitting music. Um, so that means I got to go get a job, a real job. Um, you know, in my part, in my side, you know, I'm basically full-time at Loon State Sports at this point, but in my, in my side, my side hustle, I need a real job. Um, maybe like a 40 hour a week type side hustle. Um, so I can stack bread, um, start getting my bread up. Got a good credit score, but not a lot of bread in the bread, um, holder account. Um, so that's obviously number one. Uh, number two was Loon to the Moon. Um, cause I am full time at the loon now that I am quitting music. Um, 
try to write more, make the podcast good every week. I feel like it's pretty good this week. Uh, make it good every week. Um, start not doing the podcast late. Actually, do it on time. That'd be sick. Um, we'll work on that. Um, get to more live sports. That is, uh, nobody gets some more live sports in the loon, but I've low-key been slacking in that. Um, went to a live Boston College Miami football game recently. Want to do that more. Um, can't go to football games anymore because their season's over, but maybe a couple Miami basketball games, a couple Heat games, maybe a Marlins game. Maybe check out the Homestead Motor Speedway. Um, check out Lionel Messi and Inter Miami if I can get a ticket for less than a thousand dollars. Something like that. Get to more live sports. Um, golf more and hoop more. They are. Um, I I want to golf more and hoop more. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, I haven't golfed in a long time, um, and I lost to Lou Megs a couple times in a hoop recently, and um, that's just not something I'm like super okay with. Um, so I have to like get in the lab a little bit in the in the in the basketball arena. Um, I kind of like I need help with my jump shot, so. Um, I know, like, Slim Loon's going to fucking say, oh, shooters touch drills. That shit's boring. I need help with my jump shot that's not boring. Or maybe I just need to grind it out. I don't know. Want to hire a coach. Don't have the bread to hire a coach. That kind of goes into the stacking bread part of the thing. Um, If I stack bread, then I can take a jump shot lesson from a coach. Maybe I'll start working at the Miami Heat and then talk up Eric every now and then. Say, hey, Spo, can you give me a jump shot lesson? And then he'll be like, yeah, yeah, bro, I love how you wipe the floors. And here's how to shoot a jump shot. Um, maybe I'll see Ray Allen around the building. Dwayne Wade, maybe. Say what up. Um, did apply for some jobs at the Heat. We'll see. We'll see how that's going. Um, hard body is the last... Um, the last resolution. Low-key, for the first time in my entire life, I'm like a little bit fat. Um, I know I'm like not actually fat, um, but like for the first time in my entire life, it's like, whoa, my belt doesn't fit the way it used to. Like, whoa, in the mirror, there's a little bit of like belly there. Like I've never had that. Like my entire life, it's been like, I can't put on weight to save my life. And if I do put on weight, it's like kind of muscle that goes away if I don't eat breakfast or something. Um, for the first time in my life, got a decent little pudge going. I'm heavier than I've ever been. And it's not a great, like, weight, which is, like, this type of thing has never happened to me before. So now, I no longer struggle with putting on weight, it seems. Um, so now it's just, like, hard body is the goal. So, like, if I was exactly the weight I'm at right now, and it was just hard, like, muscle, that'd be sick. So I'm going to start running, um, hopefully. That's a resolution, New Year's resolution. I haven't done it yet because my life's been busy, whatever. Um, but that's a resolution. I try to do it. Um, start running, start lifting, start hooping, hard body, 20, 2024. Is that what year it is? 2024. All right. That's it. Um, emoji. Sorry for the quick pod. I feel like I got a lot of information and I didn't waffle as much. So, uh, hopefully it's still okay. Um, emoji is the guy lifting weights. Like, I think he's doing, like, a uh, like a clean and jerk. That guy. Like, lifting the bar over his head. That guy. Um, that emoji. Peace.